Wait, hold on. You're... Welcome back, everybody. That didn't just happen. Yeah, it did. Oh, man. Welcome back to me. <laughs> this guy. We're at episode 23 of the Below Average Joe's UFC podcast, and this one is a little extra special. A little. A little dash of a little sprinkle. Because um, today, we're going to be ranking the UFC champions, current UFC champions. We've been waiting on this one. Yeah, this was an idea pitched by me probably a month ago, probably around when UFC 252 happened. Yeah. Uh, you made a good call because uh, John had obviously relinquished his light heavyweight belt by then, so they did not have a champion. You go, well, why don't you wait till after, or we wait until after 253, because that way every division will have a champion and we can accurately talk about it, whatever. Right. It was a good call. Yeah. So here we are. We're coming off a huge pay-per-view. Yeah. Two title fights. Yes. We had the light heavyweight belt. Given. Not yes. given. Um, uh, earned. Earned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Earned, not given, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah of course, yeah. of course. Shout out, Jan. So. <laughs> now, 12 divisions. Right. They all got a chance. Yep, we have 11 champions to rank here, obviously. 12 divisions, as Dom just said. We do have a, a champ champ, that's Amanda Nunez, at women's bantamweight and featherweight. Yes. Uh, way this is going to work, each of us have compiled a list here, um, our own list, so we both have separate lists for this one. We'll just go one by one, uh, get, get a chance to talk about each person's... Um, Accolades. Yeah, because really, what we're ranking here, we're not ranking, like, who's the best fighter... Like, number one's not necessarily who the best fighter of all these are. Right. This is simply based on how they won the belt and their title defenses so far. Not necessarily how many, but how they have looked. There's a few different factors that play there. We like to keep it vague, so that way it can kind of cause us to have some difference of opinion here. But, um, obviously, like, how they looked in title defenses... Um, how many they have, of course. The level of competition they're going up against. How they won the belt. These are all factors at play. But, uh, yeah. Uh, overall, Dom, how you doing today, though, before we get it started? Doing well. It's always nice to sit down, do yeah. our little special episode. Because it's not only is it a little extra special for our listeners, it's a little extra special for us. I must say. I, I agree. I agree with you there. And it's a little extra special for me because I'm back, baby. You are back. I was not here on Monday. Um, you know, couldn't make the times work, I guess. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll just stick with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you're but, here now. No, it feels really good to be back, though. I, I missed it. Yeah. I really did. I, I Man, that I just want to take a second. Go to ahead. Just, Let them know. You're- UFC 253. Me and Dom got to watch it with our boys. All of my worlds collided in one night a little bit. I had my high school boys, which is partially you, but then JP and Branson. I had my college boys, a.k.a. Tyler, and half of you. <laughs> yeah. And then my family, my cousin yeah. Caleb came up. A little up. bit of so, everything. So all of my worlds collided in one night a bit. And uh, it was Kelsey. great. To... Oh, yeah, Kelsey. Friend. Yeah, of course. For a little bit. Yeah. So then overall, though, it was a great night. Um Adesanya, man, I look like a fool. Nah. Look, I, you know, I don't, I don't like. I, I don't still, sta- like I fool. still stand by like my pick at the time. It's just ultimately 
the Costa that earned that title fight is not the Costa that showed up on Saturday. And you kept attributing that to the Adesanya effect, which is probably a fair argument to make at this point. I mean, you you just keep seeing it time and time again with these guys. They just look so much different when they go up yeah. against him. Whitaker, Romero, now. I mean, even before that, you had Brunson. Yeah. Um, Tavares. So, like, really, shout out to Kelvin Gaslam. Yeah, Kelvin Gaslam <laughs> and Anderson Silva. Dude, I watched clips of that uh, yesterday. What a fight that really was. When That's such really, a special fight. Now, I know Adesanya sensed that Kelvin fight, considering how close he was to losing it. You have to know that that really shifted some things and how yeah. he was preparing. or And it showed. It, it, yeah, you can see since then that guy has looked unbeatable. Yeah. And, hey, man, Paulo, I love you, buddy, but, man, that's, that's a tough loss. I mean, I thought the Whitaker, I thought Whitaker, the way he lost, was bad. Where I was like, man, I don't know if you'll see him fight again for the belt. I don't know if Paulo's ever getting another shot at that belt as long as Adesanya is at the top. We'll now, see. I do want to just mention the co-main as well. Uh, Blahovich also another pick I missed here. Now this one was. I, I don't know which. One, I don't know which one was more. Actually, the Blahovich one was more surprising to me than Adesanya dominating. It shocked me so much because. Jan also dominated, really, well, because and just the way Jan, he did it. Jan had had that that bit of a journeyman type, yeah, career. You know, he had lost five times in the UFC, I believe. He's lost, or he has yeah, lost five he's, times. He's just ten and five now. You know, I, rem- I I mentioned this, I believe, when we previewed this card. Um, I remember back when Daniel Cormier was like, I forget who he was like having words with at a press conference. It might have been. Um, Ryan Bader before he went to Bellator. Yeah. But he was like, he's like, yo, that's cool, but you just beat Jan Blahovich. He's like, I like Jan Blahovich, but that's it. Like, he was like, right. kind of like saying, like, Jan Blahovich ain't shit. And now look at him. He's light heavyweight champion of the world. Yeah. First and, one in and, almost a day. And Dominic Reyes, the guy who literally was the closest to beating John Jones we probably have ever seen. Yeah. And. He made him, he made Reyes look like he didn't belong. Polish power, man, that Polish. shit shattered his nose. Yes, made him put the him body away. Kicks, dude. Oh, the just seeing my, my man's got a brand on his yeah, right side. Dude, I, it was crazy how quick. Yeah, that happened. It was like one or two kicks, and it was already wearing on him. Yeah, it was crazy. But yeah, I just wanted to throw those you know my little thoughts out there uh, since I wasn't here on Monday. But I think it's time to get into this. Let's do it. So, uh, do you want to start, or you want me to sure. start? Sure. Right. Now I'm assuming we go eleven. Yep. To eleven one. to one. So you start with your number eleven here. My number eleven is the newly crowned light heavyweight champion Jan Blahovich. Fair pick. Um, literally just won the belt, obviously. So no title defenses. Again, <laughs> we kind of mentioned he's only ten and five in the UFC. That's just like crazy. Thirty-seven years old. Um, however, it was no small task beating Dominic Reyes, as we literally just mentioned. Dominic Reyes was the closest, at the most, the second closest to ever beating John Jones. And the fact that Jan went out there, controlled the whole fight. Uh, the first round was all Jan. You know, there were good exchanges, obviously, but <laughs> Jan obviously had the bigger shots. And then the second round, I mean, yeah. see ya. Broke his nose and put him down for the count, so... It's just hard to put Jan 
any higher to me right now, given his age, his previous track record in the UFC. Now, can he make his way up this list if we were to do this again in a year? Of course. Mm -hmm. But as of right now, I can't really go into too much more detail outside of Jan. Newly crowned, number 11 on my list. That's a very fair pick. I mean, that's kind of like my one thought I had kind of going into doing this. Um, when we had been lead, you know, we had talked about doing it after the pay per view. Was like, how high can I really put either of those guys? Because they're going like this, literally winning, and then a couple days later, we're recording. You know, I may say if Dominic had won, you might have put he him may higher. have went a little bit higher. just because you we because thought he'd be yeah, Jones. Exactly. You know, therefore he would technically be undefeated. Yeah. Again, he got beat. So. Yeah. Um, but Jan is not my number eleven here. Really? So I was yeah. wrong. I, okay. Yeah, you thought he. Dom predicted before we, we started. We might be all over the place here. Yeah, I think we might be. Dom predicted before we started that we would have the same number eleven and the same number one. Correct? Yes. I'm already. Well, over. see, my number eleven here is the one person who I don't think should still be holding their belt. That's Alexander Volkanovsky. So. Yeah. Um, now, on one hand, he has defended. So, that puts him, in a way, over some of these people ahead of him because they have not defended. They've won the belt. Right. Volkanovski won that belt. He beat Max Holloway, who is the second, I guess, best featherweight champ we've ever seen besides Jose Aldo. If you're talking about dominance, maybe number one, I'm just saying. I think Max is... I mean, Jose didn't lose in a decade. That's, you know, it's just yeah. I, you could argue it, right? But the thing is, Max beat Jose twice. Yeah. No. No. I agree. I agree. But yeah, like you can't say that's any other body else outside right. of those two. So he beat him though, like four to one in my in how I scored it. I the thought first it was, fight. Yeah, yes. I thought it was four to one, uh, Volk. So he wins that one. He pretty, won the belt. Pretty. I don't want to say easily, but I mean, it was it was a pretty controlled fight for yeah. him. Uh, that rematch, however, on Fight Island, um, I stand with probably the majority of the MMA Twitter. Yeah. And that I don't think he won that fight. I agree. Again, it wasn't a domination by Max by any means, but I thought Max had a clear 3-2 over Volk yep. in that fight. Yep. Uh, Max hurt Volk multiple times. The f- dropped him the first and second in round, the first right? and second round, because it's that third round, I believe, is the one that, that gets was the... disputed. Yeah. Um... Because, yeah, early on, Max looked incredible, and yeah. then Volk started to get a little more comfortable in the later rounds. But, again, not a bad champ by any means, but until he can... For now, that's all that is sticking out to me. Not how he won the belt, just that I'm going to put quotations on title defense. Hey, look, the judges are ultimately the only ones that matter. My right. opinion doesn't matter. Right. So he's still champion. And I'm not going to dispute that. I just want to see, like... You want, like, one convincing... Yeah, like, if he goes in there and starches or just beats, you know, in the same way he did Max, like a Zabit... A Zabit or Ortega. Ortega, Korean Zombie, whoever, it would definitely be enough to put him much higher. Yeah. At least above kind of that echelon of people who haven't defended. Right. But until then, the stench of that kind of win against the second one against Holloway is going to stick out to me a little too much for now. Um, again, not a bad champion, but it, you know, it's you're kind of just we're ranking the best fighter of every division, arguably. Yeah, so yeah. it's you know, it's a hard one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's my number eleven. That's the only person who I, out of all champions, 
that I don't think should be holding your belt right now. That you don't think should be, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at the the based on your, in front of me. Based on there's only one other person who you could, I think, even have an argument for. Yeah, I but agree. We'll get into that later. So now it's on to your number ten. My number ten is the bant the men's bantamweight champion of the world, Mister Pewter. Pewter. Nice, Jan. Pewter Jan. Um, this guy's a stud. First yeah, off, right? Yeah, it's the thing. Like we're ranking him, so like, oh man, he's your second to worst. Uh, yeah, but these are all like the best fighters yeah, in the I don't world. Want, I don't want people to look at it like <laughs> the worst or the second to worst. It's right. just, it's simply based on the merit that they hold, the accolades they as hold, a the, the, the individual performances yeah. as champion. Yeah. Peter Jan is a stud. Alexander Volkanovsky is a stud. Yeah. You had Jan. Jan's a stud, even yeah. though he does have kind of that if he passed with right. the, you, you know, five losses, but still a stud. Right. It's, you're kind of like picking apples and oranges here in a way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I've got Pewter Jan at my number ten ranked champion. He's fifteen and one overall. Mm-hmm. He's seven and zero in the UFC. Four of the seven have came via finish. Just looking off of his last three, he got the title against Jose Aldo. Now I will say, this is part of the reason I have him at ten. Jose shouldn't have gotten a title fight. Agreed. You know what I mean. So while while. Jan was going to get it regardless of who it was against. I don't think it should have been against Jose Aldo. I get it. Jose arguably beat Marlon. But we can't just hand out title fights because at the end of the day, Jose lost. You know what I mean? So that kind of hinders it a little bit for him. Um, before that, he KOTKO'd Uriah Faber, sent his ass back into retirement, basically. Shit, bro. Uh, and then got a win against our boy Jimmy Rivera. Um, yep. So that's just his last three, and he definitely has all the potential, I think, to potentially reign for a little bit, but at the same time, my champion this time next year is Aljo. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited for those two to fight, assuming that's what's next. So as of now, and what Jan's resume is, still really young in the game. He's not been in the UFC. Again, seven fights. That's yep. not that many fights. Right. So he can, again, climb this rankings very high, just like really – all 11 of these champs yeah, can true, go up or down true. with one fight. That's uh, true. But Jan the, is... They can be off the list in one fight. Yeah, exactly. So Jan right now for me is my number 10 champ. That's very fair. Um, I He has a killer's row behind him. Dude, that division... Not even just Aljo. I mean, you keep going down that list. and I mean, there's a big, there's I mean, a big title fight in two weeks to determine possibly a number one contender there after Aljo is... Uh, Marlon Moraes and Corey Sandigan. Contender Sanigan. fight. You said title fight. That's, oh, I thought I said contender. You said there's a big title fight. Oh, sorry. Okay. But big, they, get, they get what you Title implications, yeah, yeah. perhaps. Yeah, Corey and Marlon. That's um, really Even though fight. Cody's currently going down to flyweight, that dude's still going to be... Still there. Um, uh, you got TJ Dillashaw about to come back. I'm just Shit, throwing him man, out that's there. That's just in January. I ain't ready, I ain't ready to give, give up on the sugar show. Our Sean boy, O'Malley. Frankie Edgar dropped down, Frankie and he's Edgar. top five. You yeah. got- I mean, Munoz is still hanging around. That guy arguably won that fight with Edgar, so... Yeah, man. It is a killer's row. That division is nuts right now. Now, when it came to this kind of next little group of champions, these are the fighters who have not defended yet. Yeah. So you've already mentioned two that will be in this Oh, category. yeah, I should say... Jan also has zero title defense. Yeah, because he just won. He just won it, so I guess I so didn't say that. this is where that next group, it's the guy, people who haven't defended yet. 
but they currently hold the belt, obviously. So my way of kind of differentiating who's going to be in front of the others based on how, who they beat for the belt and how they won it, like how convincing it was and whatnot. So my number 10 is also Peter Jan. Um, Beat, as you mentioned. We still got our 10s right. Yeah. (laughs) Beat Jose Aldo. Uh, it was a fifth round TKO. That was it. Could have been stopped in the fourth. Yeah. Now, again, you mentioned it, and I agree that Jose should not have been in that title fight. As great as he is, even though we probably both thought he beat Marlon Moraes. Yeah, a legend of mixed martial arts. I don't think he should have been in that position. Yeah, he still lost at the end of the day. You right, just like have... you just mentioned with Volk. Yeah. The judges scored it, and that's the only thing that matters. He still, at the end of the day, had guys like, I felt like Aljo, even at the time, Sanhagen, before that matchup happened. Yeah. Um, it just, to me, there was guys behind Aldo that deserve, or even Marlon, because he won the fight with Aldo. Right. Uh, with uh, Aldo. And Aldo looked good early in that fight. For the first two, two and a half rounds, you could argue that Aldo was maybe even winning the fight. I don't know. I don't remember exactly how I scored it. It was very close for the, about two, two and a half yeah, rounds. two and a half, very close, and then Jan really... And then Jan really <laughs> picked it up yeah. and dominated the third, well, the rest of the third and fourth, fourth and ultimately, brutal, ultimately and then, fifth. Yeah. Um, I just can't put him any higher because of what I just said there. Obviously, he hasn't defended. Not that that's I'm not right. No, I'm not trying to hold it against. Yeah. It's just I'm not going to put him up above someone who's defended multiple times exactly. or whatever. Yeah. Um, who he beat for the belt, I don't feel like is the strongest of the people we're going to talk about when it comes to where they stood at the time. Aldo coming off a loss at his I don't want to say age, but fight years yeah. being past his prime a little bit, and ultimately Aldo was very competitive in that fight for a while. Uh, I still think Jan's a stud. There's a good chance we're still talking about him as champion this time next year. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, we really could. So, uh, yeah, I can't put him any higher right now. Definitely, obviously, has room to improve there. So, uh, number nine. Number nine for me is the men's flyweight champion of the world, mm. Davison Figueiredo. Nice. This dude's terrifying. This guy might be the most terrifying champion. If we're doing the most terrifying list, yeah, bruh, yeah, he's up at the top. Yeah, I thought he killed a man his last fight. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, number nine, the men's flyweight champion. This is 125 pounds. He's 19 and one overall. He's seven and one in the UFC with a four fight win streak currently. His last three, he brutalized all three opponents. Tim Elliott, via first-round submission, former title challenger. We've talked about him like two episodes yeah. in a row now. Then he beat Joey B back-to-back. Now, the first one was for the vacant title. Yes. Technically, it ended up not being for Figueiredo because he missed weight. Right. But if Joey Benavidez would have won, he would have became champion. Yeah, he didn't win. Um, he got knocked out. Oh, Cold cocked. Yes, in round two. Or there's a there's a little controversy, not only because of the missed weight, but there's a headbutt, and then blah, 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 blah. Inadvertent, but Inadvertent. yes. Still, it, you know it had to have impact yeah. somehow. So regardless, they run it back just a couple months later, this past July. Yep. Uh, 
I've never felt more uncomfortable watching a fight. Yeah. And I have seen... A lot of fights. I've seen some people get <laughs> fucked up in fights. Davison dominated, even though it was only one round. It, it was brutal. He brutalized arguably the second best flyweight... Well, I guess third best because of Henry Cejudo. Yeah. Third best flyweight in UFC history in Joseph Benavidez. A guy that's always been a top three guy, really. Top five at the most. Dominated him. You've never seen that happen to him before. It was bad. It was... It was... Like I said, this is the most terrifying champion in the UFC right now. He's such a wild card. And I truthfully believe... Um... This guy could go up to 135 and win a belt at some point. Uh, this big. dude is big. Yeah, he's big. For 125. Obviously, he missed weight. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's always a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> so, Davison is my number nine. Um, zero title defenses. So, again, it's hard to put the guys with zero title defenses ahead of anyone with, you know, a defense. So, that's kind of the reason he's still here. Again, he's got that huge fight against Cody in November. Very, very nervous for Cody being, you know, the Ohio fanboy, and obviously Cody's our guy, but that's dangerous. Dangerous fight for Cody. Now, can Cody beat Davison? Yeah, for sure. But, uh, dude, this dude, watch out. We we could be talking about a double champ in the future right now. Yeah. But for now, that's my number nine. Woo! I just want to throw this out there, too, about him versus Benavidez. Benavidez has only been finished three times in his career. And he's had a lot of fights. Yeah. He is, as of today, he is actually 28-7. and 28-7. He was knocked out by Demetrius Johnson, and I believe it was their uh, second matchup against each other. Then you have the back-to-back. Yeah. The first one being a TKO. Yeah. And then this So, So two fight. of the three times he's been finished has been by... Davison. Davison. Yeah. <laughs> this man's only been finished. Like, think of how many times you got guys like Overeem being finished. Yeah. I mean, Cowboy. Like, you know, these guys that get finished. He is, this is only the third time, and it was so bad that people were saying he should retire after. It was very hard to watch, really. I mean, you saw And, the, and this is not even us talking bad about Benavides. No, he's great. This is just like... I mean, that's why it was so uncomfortable to watch. Figueiredo yeah, is a different beast. Because everybody knew when you're watching... That this was like Benavidez's last chance. Yeah, yeah. So there was like, you know, no disrespect to Davison, but I think the majority of the community was probably rooting for Joey in this fight. The guy that had never won that belt. Yeah, he'd always been he'd always been the bridesmaid, never the bride, right? Yeah, yeah. He'd he, he'd always been second to to Mighty Mouse for all those years, and then he was kind of hanging around second behind guys like Cejudo. And that's only the uh, the only, the two people. Have ever beaten Henry Cejudo, and Benavidez is the other one outside yeah. of Mighty Mouse. Yeah. So, <laughs> this was no slouch, and Davison made him look like he didn't belong in that mm-hmm. second fight, especially. Well, this is a good way to segue to my number nine and number eight. Ah. Yeah, I'm gonna get a little ahead of you here. Well, so my number nine is gonna be Jan Blahovich. Ah. So again, based off my parameters here. Uh, and actually, I'll just go ahead and say my number eight's Davis and Yeah, Figueroa. right, right. Um, based off my parameters here of, like, title holders that have not defended, I thought Peter Jan had the least convincing performance of the three. Not saying it wasn't convincing. Right, yeah, man, that's the thing yeah. with this. Like, 
But you're again with all the factors I already talked about. So then it was okay. Is it Davis and is it Jan, dude? Yeah. Surprisingly easy choice. Yeah, yeah. Jan, I'll start out with him. Uh, looked incredible on Saturday against uh, Dominic Reyes, a guy who probably, I mean, look, Joseph Benavidez with that resume behind him always being like the silver medalist in that division, a guy who's taken Mighty Mouse and to the the brink and mm-hmm. uh, even beat Henry Cejudo. Yeah. In a way, Dominic Reyes almost had like a stronger, like it almost felt like a stronger win because he arguably beat John Jones, who is yeah. maybe the GOAT. Right. So for Jan to come in and just wipe the floor with Dominic Reyes, it was truly something special to watch. It, I was in shock. Got to give a shout-out to Tyler. He predicted that completely accurate. Yeah, he did. Second-round Second TKO for Jan. And fittingly enough, I know a lot of our listeners don't know what Tyler looks like, but... <laughs> It's Jan's twin brother. <laughs> yeah, it so like it was great. Yeah. So the Polish power was for real. And we're still talking about a guy who has more submission wins in his career than knockout. Yeah. Three of his last four have been by brutal KO. And yeah. like you said, he's got he's got significantly eight, more. At this time, I believe he has eight wins by knockout or TKO and nine submission. Nine, okay. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's right. So think about that. Before this little run he's been on. Yeah. He's a submission specialist, damn near. So, uh, to see his, like, this career, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a resurgence or just this late career boom for him. Yeah. It's been really special to watch. And guess what? I've counted him out every step of the way. That's four in a row now. Four in a row I've missed. I said he would lose to Luke Rockhold. I said he was going to lose to Jacare. I said he was going to lose to Corey Anderson. I said... All right, he's had his fun. <laughs> he ain't beating Dominic Reyes. See ya. Dominic Reyes's nose was out of the octagon before Reyes was. Hey, his nose got hit one time. And he's like, I don't want any part of this. Now you know this means if Jan fights John, you got to pick Jan. <laughs> you know what I'm more concerned about than John? What's that? Is when he fights Tiago again. Uh, and you know my boy. Oh, we already know you're picking Tiago. <laughs> That's my boy, and Tiago's beat him already. Anyways. Yeah. Yondelhovich, the Polish He dominated Dominic power. Reyes, but I cannot put him above Davis in here because I've never... Like, look, fighting, if you're someone on the outside looking in, you're not someone who knows much about fighting or has ever watched it, it can be a scary thing to watch. Mm-hmm. If you're just someone who maybe is a little squeamish yeah, or you just don't like the idea of people beating the violence. shit out of each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's beautiful chaos. It's beautiful violence, you know? For someone who's a fan. But someone else looks like a horror movie. <laughs> As someone who is a diehard fan, I've never once been terrified watching a fight. Like, just ill. And, like, felt like I'm watching, like... Well, I thought there was a very serious injury. Well, I, I thought... I thought he Death. murdered him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when his eyes were glazed over. Yeah, that, that was joke, the... Yeah. His body's all twisted up. Blood everywhere. And then it's even scarier when I went back and watched it, knowing that... When he comes to, he lets out that, like, blood-curling scream. Have you heard that? No, I haven't. Benavidez, when he gets, he gets, I mean, he gets put to sleep in the choke. Yeah. So they're tending to him. And when he comes to, he, like, wakes up and, like, lets out a loud scream of, like, terror. Really? 
and you can hear it because this is an empty octagon we're talking about. It sounds it, like you just described the plot to a scary movie. That's what I'm saying. It, this this was a horror movie in real time. Yeah. It was literally Davison is the serial killer stalking the prey that is Joey Benavidez. This dude. And it. Oh my god. He. This dude. Look. Like, if Cody doesn't beat Davison in November. Listen, dude. I know I picked all Joe to be champ. There my. Or wait, I'm thinking I'm at the wrong division now. So yeah, at 125, sorry for Davison. If Cody doesn't beat him, there might not be a flyweight touching him. I'm. Oh my gosh! We're talking about like you don't see the type of power he has at the flyweight division. You no, don't see that. You don't. That's why I'm. I've just never. Se- I if you guys are not the uh, if you're not uh, if you're up for it. Viewer discretion is advised. <laughs> Go watch that second fight with Benavidez, and just watch how, I, dude. I don't even know how to describe. Just go watch it. Yeah. And come back and also sit here with me and go. I don't even know. I, I don't know what to say. Yeah. Leave us a voice message about it. As <laughs> yeah. a matter of fact. Yeah. I, nice plug. <laughs> but I mean, that's really all I could say because I'm just gonna sit here and go. Yeah. I don't know what to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll leave it there. But yes, this guy, uh, he is the biggest wild card, I think. Yeah. Because there's, we have seen so little of him up to this point. Yeah. Do- Relatively. Do you think he has, like, the biggest upside out of the champions? Or up there toward the top? I just feel like he... I think he's the most unknown. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Because, okay, the division he's fighting in, men's flyweight, right. is the least covered in the sport besides maybe women's featherweight. Right. So, it's not like before these two fights, really, like, I am not... I, I, I couldn't even have told you who he really was. Yeah. Before he was fighting Ben, I remember being like, "Oh, well, at least Joseph will get to win the belt." Yeah. <laughs> nope. So, I was like, so on that hand, you know, it's been an undercover division for years, and then, you know, all of his fights have probably mostly been on like the prelims or mm-hmm. way deep down, you know, probably a lot of fight nights. Um, yeah, he just. He's the most unknown. Like, a lot of these guys are still unknown as far as, like, how good they actually are. Mm-hmm. You know, you saw a guy like Adesanya really pr- show something on Sunday. Right. But to me, like, he could very well come out in his next fight with Cody, for example, the one that's scheduled right now, and he could do the same thing, and we go, this guy's maybe a top five yeah. champion. Yeah. Or he could come out and gas in the second round, and Cody just dominate him, yeah. and we go... Oh, well, Benavidez just needs to retire. Yeah, yeah. You know, you just... Like, he's the most unknown of where he goes from here. But based off that sole performance, going up against one of the top guys the division had ever seen, and literally making Friday the 13th Part 9... Yeah, right. um, I I can't... Like, he has to be the top of that echelon of guys right there. So, yeah, that's my number 8. So, Um, now my number 8. I'm assuming it's going to be my number 11. Um, yes. Yeah. Volkanovski? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it's Volkanovski. Again, Noah touched on him a lot. Uh, he has one defense, right? He won the belt convincingly from uh, Max Holloway, who was in both of our top ten greatest fighters of all time. 
mm-hmm. which is our very first special episode. If you haven't listened, go check that out. <laughs> um, so he beats Max, a convincing fight. Uh, I believe four to one. I've rewatched it and I had it four to one. That night I was like, oh man, no way! But he he won. Yeah. Like you said though, the second fight we both had Max three to two, mm-hmm. as did many many others. So it's that factor of yeah, he has a title defense, but man, there's some controversy there. And uh, again, it's not robbery. We don't like throwing that word around. Um, so I'm not calling it a robbery necessarily over Max, but it's damn near. Like it's yeah. it's about as close to a robbery as you get without it actually being considered. Yeah. A it robbery. was definitely more egregious than some examples, but yeah. yet it was so like to me. It wasn't like a great because really when you look at it, like it was a pretty decent fight. Yeah. But there wasn't like not a ton of swings and momentum. Mm-hmm. It was pretty much what it was for five rounds. Mm-hmm. So like on that hand, you can't really call it like an egregious decision because it was really hard for either guy to stick out outside the two knockdowns. Yeah. And that's only two rounds. Right. But I'll let you continue. Um, but yeah, I mean overall, this dude is a beast. Like we can't take that away from him. He's twenty two and one. He's nine and zero. Yeah, nine and zero in the UFC. Three of those coming by finish. If you go back to before the UFC, this man is on a nineteen fight win streak. Hasn't lost since his third career fight. That's crazy. Yeah. You just don't see it that much. Um, so, again, this guy and Alex has a lot of potential as well. He is a great fighter. And like you said, his next title defense, assuming it's not against Max for the third time, which I hope it's not at mm-hmm. this point, if he gets a convincing win over a Zabit, a Korean zombie, an Ortega, he's going to gain that respect back from a lot of people. And... Um, you know, people will be like, okay, he's for real. And obviously, we we know how great he is. Yeah. It's just a matter of getting that one convincing defense. Look, he he went 10 rounds with the best featherweight yeah. probably ever. Yeah. And, and won, let's see, four <laughs> plus three. So he technically won seven out of ten. Yeah, it's kind to, of cool. To win both fights. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, is that... That's my number eight. All right, do you want to go ahead and go with number seven? I'll go into my number seven. (sighs) Nervous. I like this one, Noah. I'm nervous. Remember me. Wade Lee Zhang. That's my my number seven as well. Yes. The first ever champion in the UFC from China. Mm -hmm. This woman... Is a bad woman. <laughs> what what a debut for China to make. <laughs> She's twenty one and one. Guess when she lost that fight, Noah? Hmm, was it pretty early on? Yeah, um, her professional MMA debut. <laughs> She's won twenty one fights in a row. So she's so damn good. It only took her three fights to get a title fight in the UFC. Yeah, she ain't bad. She's 5-0 and overall in the UFC. Like I said, she was 3-0 and she got the title fight. Then, the UFC loves her so much, they take her over to China. And just, poor Jessica Andrade has to defend the belt in Whaley's homeland. Whaley said, nah, nah, nah. This is my belt. This is my octagon. 42 seconds? It was... In- Wiped her. 
That <laughs> was unbelievable. You talk about some nasty clinch knees. Oh, very, my, my belly hurt. Reminiscent of some Spider Anderson Silva, Ooh. Rich Franklin, I think. Man. I was getting mad Rich Franklin vibes from Jessica. Wei Li Zhang could be the future of women's mixed martial arts. You know how I feel about her. Yeah, double champ this I, time I th- next I year. I think she's got a good chance to be double champ. And I'm just going to finish here because you're going to go right into her sure. as well. So we'll just kind of sure. go off yeah, the stats sure. with each other. Her fight with Joanna. Historical. You have a little... It's hanging on my wall. You have a memento of it. There's a scroll with it. <laughs> it's a sc- a damn thing. You love talking about the scroll. You know, like the, the, the pirates ro- unroll the thing. Oh, you, love That's talking, what I, you love talking about the scroll. That's how cool that fight was, man. That fight was historical for not only the UFC, or I should say, not only for women's mixed martial arts, but mixed martial arts and the UFC as a whole. Mm-hmm. The best women's mixed martial arts fight ever. One of the best fights in general, don't was, matter if you're a man or a woman. I believe it was number seven on our number list. Number seven on our list. She's number seven on our champion <laughs> yeah. list. Wei Li Zhang, the queen of China, potentially soon to be the queen of the UFC. I can't. I couldn't have said it any better myself. There, I'm a big Whaley guy. Um, I what a debut for China to make for title title holders. Uh, she is huge for that market right now. Oh yeah. Um, but based on that, that's that these performances. Look, um, you can say what you want about the fight with Joanna. Not just how amazing it is, but there's a lot of people that thought Joanna won that fight. I am not one of those people. Right. But regardless, when you put on a top 10 fight of all time and it is that damn close, yeah, I don't care how close she was to losing the belt. It was a top 10 fight of all time. She dug deep. She Yolanda's did. been in there with all of them. Everyone. So for Whaley to go out there and do what she did. Mm-hmm. Whoo. And again, that title win. Oh, is there man. a more convincing title win on this list? I don't know. Dude, and to do it... In China, that I get chills thinking about that arena almost crumbled. Look, like it did in Cleveland with us. Yeah, she and she she gave the famous "Remember me." Oh, you love to say that. Uh, There's nothing else I can really say. I think the sky is the limit for this chick. Um, She's got a big test coming up. It looks like assuming uh, it's it's, Rose, looking like it's going to be Rose Namajunas, who just when you count her out, like the Joanna fight. That should be a good fight. She fun. comes out and shocks the world. Uh, but I, I think the sky's the limit for her for multiple divisions. I think she very well could be the face of women's MMA in a post-Amanda Nunes world yeah. that we're inevitably probably heading towards. Yeah. Um, I, I can't say enough about her. I'm, like, I, I'm amazed by her every time she goes out there winning the belt the way she did. The first title defense being a top ten fight of all time. Are you shitting me? Against Joanna defended that strawweight belt six times. Yeah, the most ever for women's mixed martial arts in the UFC. Right, more than Ronda. And then she goes out there and has that fight with her. Woo! The sky's the limit. And based off those two performances, easy number seven here. Hard to put her any higher, just because the once you go above her here. You're talking about people with multiple title defenses. Yeah. And, I mean, it's a killer's row above her here. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, We're so, really getting into yeah. like that nitty gritty of. You know, if she beats Rose really in either fashion, yeah, like if it's convincing or if it's just a solid win, whatever. I mean, she could very well be in a top five at that point. Yeah. I'm serious. She yeah. is that good. Um, I love Whaley, but um, number six. Number six. I'll take it from here, I guess. Go ahead. This is hard. Uh, four through six was the ones I had the hardest time with. So now it's, okay, once again, I'm still judging it by the, t- the way they won the belt. But now I have to put into account multiple title defenses. Yeah, everyone from here on out for both of us will have multiple And I didn't put defenses. too much into account, like, the number of defenses total. I took more into account how they won and also the level of competition they beat up to this point. Yeah. And how they've looked in those said fights. Um, so I've taken less into account the fifth, like the numerical number of title defenses. I just want to keep that in mind. My number six is uh, Kamaru Usman. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so this is tough again. Um, if this had ha- if this video had been made a, a week a month ago, he probably would have been a little bit higher. Um, Izzy is definitely rose on yeah. mine. Yeah. Just his stock is rose. Uh, but for Usman, uh, dominates Tyron Woodley, who was starting to creep into goat talk for people for the welterweight division. For the for welterweight sure. division, I mean, you, I mean, people, I guarantee, if he beats Usman in that fight, people are probably putting him in the top ten of all time. Yes, I mean he. Had looked virtually unstoppable. Well, he had had four title defenses, was going on number five, into yeah. that Usman fight. Plenty of huge names on his resume. Outside of the first Wonder Boy fight being very close. Yeah, there's really no And really, he was the one that still had the best of the exchange. I yeah. mean, he nearly yeah. knocked out Wonder Boy. Uh, outside of that fight, he looked virtually unstoppable. Not yeah. necessarily the most exciting title fight sometimes. You have the Damian Maya fight, the second wonder boy fight but then you have like his win over robbie lawler his win over darren till come on man and darren till was like the guy yeah at that point like dana this was pushing him hard everybody thought this guy's going to be the guy for a while coming out of that united kingdom market fresh off of Bisbing. yeah uh having the belt and Starched so he wins that fight, and his stock has probably never been higher. So going into this title fight at UFC 235, it was the co-main under John Jones and Anthony Smith. You have Tyron Woodley going up against Kamaru Usman. And I can say from my point of view, I looked at these two guys as having very similar skill sets with Tyron having a power advantage. Yeah. But ultimately I thought the wrestling would be pretty much negated yeah so i literally looked at it like okay well tyron's gonna have the exchange or have the advantage on the feet and that'll be why he wins this fight (sighs) uzman manhandles him is that the most um dominant convincing title win to get the belt out of all of them on this list because no to. one thought that was going to happen. No. I The way it did, it, it We were sitting there and like again, probably not the most exciting fight in the world. But, but I remember, I remember being, just being in a ama- yes. like amazed. Yeah, yeah. I remember by round 4 I, just, I, I we were sitting in your uh, old apartment. Yeah. 
And I was just like, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, and then Usman, with that win, he's, you know, he's a big deal now. Yeah. You just beat a guy that was looked at as one of the best ever. At least was starting to creep into that talk, right? His first defense is against uh, Colby Shoot, Covington. man. Talk about a grudge match, right? What a fight. Another guy that has a similar style to Usman as well. What fight isn't a grudge match with Colby Uh, Covington? This is an arguable, uh, you could argue this is a top ten fight of all time. That was an incredible fight. I'd love to go watch that If I had my own list, I might put it on there, truthfully. I would need to go back and watch it again. Yeah. But, um, you know, say what you will, like what I said, I thought Colby was up 3-1 going into that fifth round but you saw him dug dig deep in that fifth round oh yeah and finish that dropped colby twice second time ultimately finishing it he pounced as soon as colby went down had broken colby's jaw yeah in the fight. so uzman showed a lot there yeah so not only is this guy a stud grappler and wrestler he's got hands he's got some hands and coming off that win um, he's scheduled to fight Gilbert Burns as the main event of Fight Island, uh, UFC 251. Uh, a week before, Burns has to drop out due to testing positive for COVID. So who steps in? But the biggest star the UFC has seen since Conor McGregor, yeah. game-bred Jorge Masvidal, who was on a tear. Yeah, we, ben Askren, was ready for that fight. Ben Askren, hello. Yeah. Nate Diaz, hello. Yeah. Darren Till, hello. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kamaru dominated him. Yep. Now six days notice. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough when you judge those kind of fights where it's like guys coming in on six days notice, but also the champion has six days to prepare for this exactly. guy. So the storyline was getting to where oh he's you know Jorge's accepting this title fight on six days notice, but you gotta still say hey now. Yeah. Kamaru's also doing this on six yeah. fights. There was a lot. There was a lot of disrespect thrown at Usman for this fight because it's not a. It's not a very enjoyable fight to watch. It's a very clinch heavy, right against the cage, foot stomps. Obviously, being the big joke, you know. Um, but man, I mean, he did it. He dominated the fight. He did what he had to do to win, and he dominated it. Yep. Masvidal, who had looked untouchable for that whole year. Yeah. Why he comes in a little bit lower, I guess, than the rest of this group. Um, I kind of just said it. I glossed over it a little bit, but that was because I wanted to touch on it here. Ultimately, I thought he was, like, he looked. he's looked vulnerable at times. The the Colby fight, I thought Colby. He was getting hit. I you thought, thought Colby was up. I thought Colby was up. Three to one. It yeah. doesn't matter because Colby ends up getting knocked out yeah. in the fifth round. Right. But I'm just saying, if you're. When all these guys are so close, it's like you have to find these little nitpicks yep. to separate them. Yep. So you have Colby, who I thought was winning that fight um, for the majority of it, and then the Masvidal fight just being a very lackluster affair, and the fact that once you're talking about like, okay, Masvidal took the fight on six days notice. Well, so did Usman. I just like I almost like. I get too like I get headaches like trying to think yeah. about okay, well who was who really stepped up in this matchup here and it's just kind of like makes me just negate it all and I'm just like okay whatever, uh, the fight was just not good, 
Um, but he did dominate Tyron Woodley, and Woodley has never looked the same since. Yep. Which almost kind of... I don't know if it gives more credit to Usman or if it actually discredits Usman's victory. It should give more credit to it, in my opinion, because to me it looks like he took his soul. Yeah. But in a way, it almost discredits it because it's like, well, did he beat someone who was kind of washed up? Because mm-hmm. Tyron has lost 15 rounds in a row. Tyron, it, I, I yeah. look at, I'm saying I, I look, think that that was the start of it. I look at it like he destroyed Tyron's confidence. Yes, yeah. Tyron that's, has just never been able to bounce back from it. Yeah, that's but I'm just I, saying that you know that's yeah. those thoughts creep into my head when I'm trying to nitpick like this. Um, Usman, I, I unless Colby is somehow able to beat him in a rematch, I don't see Usman losing. And even if Colby does get a rematch, I don't know if he'll beat him. Yeah, I I predicted him to, but you know my thoughts can change on that. Uh, it's it's tough, man. Um, but I'm putting him at number six. Uh, obviously, it can go way up from here. Um, I think I just need to see. A, I think I need to see him win one in a convincing and more. <clears throat> I don't know if I should be judging off of this, but I'm. I almost want to say like convincing, but also like somewhat exciting fashion. I don't think that's fair of me to like mm-hmm. compare like that. But I'm just something like to me the Masvidal fight was dominant, but it was like in a way that I just have like it doesn't make me want to watch Usman fight more. Yeah. Does that make sense? I don't know. This this um fight with Burns should be interesting. The this fight with Burns is um people are going to sleep on Burns, but he I think the whole fight is going to This is a huge test here. Yeah. But I'll leave it there. That's my number 6. Well then, that segues me into my 6 and number 5. Okay. My number 5 is Usman, but my number 6 the bullet, Valentina Shevchenko. Interesting. Um, wow. I mean, what more can you say about Valentina? Yeah. You know, she's nineteen and three overall as a pro. She's riding a five fight win streak, three title defenses, won the title in a great fight against Joanna Young Jacek. That was kind of a. Uh, like that first super fight for women's MMA in the UFC. In terms of a champion that was so dominant in another division. And then we got Valentina at the 125-pound division. Yeah, that fight, did, that fight really didn't get the hype. It, it didn't get it the deserved. hype of that, but it really is kind of that yeah. first super fight for women. Yeah, it before really, yeah. the Amanda and yeah, Cyborg Yeah, it was fight. a month before yeah. Amanda and Cyborg. Um, Valentina is one of the best strikers in the UFC. She is. Pound for pound. Um, she's really masterful to like watch perform. Every time she goes out there, she gets better. You like there's there's those few fighters where you can say that every wow every time they fight they're better in one aspect of the game. She's one of them. She looks completely day and night different from when those she was losing to Amanda Nunes. Yeah. And that's scary. And I know that was a different division, but I don't care. Well, and you can argue she won. The second fight which is even against crazy. Amanda yeah, Nunes, which is crazy. and she—I mean, let's be honest—Valentina didn't belong at 135. She is a 125 or through and through. Yes, that weight class is perfect for her. Right, and she's really not looked like the fights have not been close in her three title defenses. They really haven't. The head kick on Jessica I—that's the best head kick in women's MMA and UFC, <laughs> bro. 
poor Jessica I man I, I I'm rooting for her right now as she's going through some tough shit with her gallbladder yeah. and whatnot but that head kick bruh. one shot <laughs> she she flattened head bounced off the canvas it was brutal nasty you don't see many head kicks like that in general in the UFC so there's, when they happen you're like there's oh, only two that, only two that come to mind that one and Holly Holm over Ronda yeah right. Um, and then after that, she goes on to beat Liz Carmouche. We know how talented and good Liz Carmouche has been at multiple weight yeah, classes. Unfortunately, ended up being Carmouche's last fight in the UFC. Yeah, she's at Bellator, right? I think she, yeah, I don't know. If, I, I, I think know she, she just got, fought at She Bellator. got cut from the UFC after that fight. Uh, don't forget, Carmouche fought in the inaugural women's yep. title fight for the UFC against Ronda. Yep. And took Ronda's back. Yep. Had her in... In dangerous territory yep. there with the choke. Um, and then for her third title defense most recently, which was February of this year, she dominates Caitlin Chukagian. A KOTKO oh, ultimately being the result in the third round. Yep. Chukagian, no easy run for anybody, by the way. No. Size advantage, Caitlin. Wrestling, that's where the thing was. Valentina's known as this striker, but her grappling is maybe the most underrated grappling out of all these champions. She's a stud on the ground, and people don't give her the respect I think and I feel that she deserves. Um, so to go out there and do it all against Chukagian, who's known for being an incredible wrestler, and with Chukagian having all the advantages she did, reach, height, everything over Valentina, she makes it look easy, man. And that's why a fight between her and Wei Lee down the road? Fireworks. Wow. Wowie. Uh, Valentina scheduled to fight Jennifer Maya. Is yep. that? That's a November, right? Yep. With Cody and so the flyweight title night. Yep. So, I don't want to overlook Jennifer Maya. Jennifer Maya is dangerous. Very good Brazilian jiu-jitsu and stuff on the ground. But I think Valentina's well on her way to that fourth title <laughs> defense. Yeah. She really looks unbeatable and that's kind of the thing with this top six top five most of them look unbeatable right now you know yeah and uh so starting it off for me at that number six spot is valentina and i'm sure you'll probably get into her of course uh later Mm -hmm. and then my number five is usman who was your number six really you touched on it about as good as you can so i'll just go in more nitty-gritty i guess about him he's 12 and 0 in the ufc Mm -hmm. he only has one loss his entire career he's 17 and 1 um, Jorge Masvidal beating by decision. The Colby Covington fight, all-time classic. Of course, dominated Woodley to get the belt. And now this fight with Burns, I think, is what's going to do it for me in terms of, okay, you know, a year from now when we revisit this topic, are you going to be up in the top five, the top three, the top two or one? We'll see how he fights against Burns, a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu with all the power in the world to back it up on the feet. Damian Maia. Yes. Knocked him out cold. If, if Usman can convincingly stop Burns, we could be really on to something special here because this guy is a stud in every mm-hmm. sense of the word. I think you're going to make me switch my list around a little bit here. Really? My... Because you just said your number five was Usman, right? Yep. My number five. You really? I don't know. Or... I don't know if you're ready for this. 
My number five is going to be Habib. JP's never going to hang out with you again. No. Wait, wait. The Eagle. Yes. Habib Smash? Habib Smash. Number five. I love Habib. You really did just shock me. But. Let me. Yeah, yeah. Say my piece here. Of course. So he obviously wins the belt at UFC 223 over Raging Al Iaquina. Very just crazy fight week. Yeah. Uh, Supposed to fight Tony. Tony trips over a damn cable. <laughs> and then he's, fighting, then he's supposed to fight Max. And I was so excited for that. Max, uh, they the commission, I believe, stopped him. They stopped him. him from completing the weight. So then he might be fighting Anthony Pettis, but then Pettis wanted more money, so then he's out. Uh, then they wouldn't let him fight uh, Paul Felder because he wasn't ranked high enough. Yeah. And then we finally get to Ally Akin. Who was ranked ninth. Who was ranked ninth. At the time. Um, so he wins the belt pretty convincingly. Shout obviously. out Rage and Al. Yeah, Rage and Al put up about fought, as good man. of a performance as you could under the circumstances. Yeah. His first title defense is against Conor McGregor, who... The biggest pay-per-view in UFC yeah, history. One of the, the biggest fight The in biggest UFC name in UFC yeah. history. And he dominates him. Yes. He dominates him. He submits him in the fourth round. Um, dropped Conor on the feet. Yeah, dropped Conor on the feet. Which was... Um, I don't even expected. remember thinking Connor took a round, but everybody seems to tell he me won the third everybody round. seems to tell me he won the th- that Connor's the only one that's ever won a round against Habib. I don't. I remember thinking that fight was a complete domination. Can't say I've watched it since. Um, and then obviously you have the uh, Dustin Poirier fight where he uh, submits Dustin, um, a fight that was very one sided outside of the prayer of a um, guillotine that. If he pulled guard, right? He pulled guard, man. Maybe, maybe he champ. had it. So why is he at this spot? Why is he now? Look, this is not... Habib is one of the best fighters of all time. But if you're strictly going off of his title resume here, really the Dustin fight's the only one that is like a credit. In my opinion, that like it's when I and when I say a credit, I mean to where it's like it stacks up to anybody above him on this list. Even so, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start with Al. Al was ranked ninth. Yeah. Shouldn't have been in that position. Habib, look, he he did what he had. It he was took, the cards yeah, they were doing. I'm not. It, I don't want to hold it against him, but you have to when you're doing a list like this. He also didn't dom. Like it was a weird fight where he was like. I don't know if he was trying to make a point to stand with Al at times. Yeah. Um, just because people had kept saying that he was just like a, a guy that was just going to take him down and just hug on him for five rounds. So I, I don't know if he was trying to prove a point. Had some sloppy moments in that fight. Again, wasn't preparing for Al. Um, kind of just a weird fight, but he wins the belt. He goes up against Conor McGregor. Now, look, Conor is an all-time great. He's done so much for the sport and in two divisions what you know he was able to win multi he won two belts this was not that conor mcgregor so conor had not fought mixed martial arts in two years in this fight exactly pretty much from ufc yeah, 205 to nearly two years so yeah. 24 pay-per-views 
Now, I know he had the boxing match with Mayweather, but it's a completely different sport. Yeah. Um, he dominated him. Don't get me wrong. But I didn't think Connor should have been in that position anyways. I do agree there. So, once again, it's like Habib is beating someone who I didn't feel deserved. And I know that that's, again, it's hard to, like, I don't want to count it against Habib because the UFC obviously wanted that fight and we're going to make it happen one way or another. But when you're comparing these people above him, it's just, it's hard because there's so much more impressive as far as the level of competition and the way they're winning. Now, Habib is, look, again, in his UFC run, he's lost one round. One Apparently, I still say hey, he hasn't I lost I think he's 12-0 and 0 in the UFC. Yeah. So um, that would total the Dustin, many, many The rounds. Dustin win, Dustin interim champ, um, was a deserving guy for that shot. Habib pretty much dominated the whole fight. But then you also have that aspect of, but he did kind of almost Get lose some it. trouble. He almost kind of lost <laughs> in a weird way. Like if Dustin literally just hikes that leg over yeah. and pulls guard, the fight might be over. So it's really hard. These are, th- again, that's every fight on his little title run where I can say something about it. There's a but in all three of those. Mm-hmm. Now, he does have a big title fight coming up against Gaethje. Oh. If that fight goes how I picture it going right now, Habib's going to rise on this list. But for now, he is definitely one of the all-time, I think by the time he's retired, he's an all-time great. Like, I already think he's a Assuming top 10. he gets to that I think he's immaculate. a top. I think he's a top 10 fighter of all time. He was on both of our list. Right? Yeah. It's just, I don't think necessarily his title run is the best encompassing, I don't know how to word this. Yeah. Is the best embodiment yeah. of his greatness. I think the win against Edson Barboza speaks a lot higher yeah, to that guy. That was brutal. His win over RDA, I think, speaks a lot to where That's he is. such an underrated win. Agreed. Um, like coming off of a title loss, RDA. He, uh, messed up Michael Johnson Michael with that Kimura. I'm just saying he has, that like, the, the, record the actual title run itself is somewhat lackluster compared to, to, others, on to, to others on this list. And in your list, four and now Con- And Connor and Dustin are both, like, top five guys. They're tough. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Even Al's a top ten guy. Yeah. Like, just saying that there's a but. In I see where fight. you're coming yeah. from. It's tough. It's you tough. You did shock me, but it's I see tough. where you're coming It's from. tough to, because there's that, that thing with Habib. Yeah. Where we, he's the eagle. He is an all-time great. Yeah. So you want to put him higher but I can't because I'm just breaking it down by the title win and the title defenses and there it just it doesn't hold up to the guys in front of him and lady in my opinion or ladies so that is my number five number four Mm -hmm. we just saw him on Saturday Israel the last style bender Adesanya What I saw Saturday night was the closest thing I've seen to prime time Anderson Silva. Mm-hmm. Do you know how much that takes for me to say that? <laughs> and I, I said this on the recap episode. I don't think people nowadays, like newer fans, realize what Anderson did. 
in his prime. Yeah. And I've not seen anything close to that. And then I just saw it Saturday night with Adesanya. Israel Adesanya is 20-0 and in the UFC. Or in the MMA, I should say. In professional MMA. In combat sports, he has 100 total wins. He's 100 wins and I believe 6 or 7 total losses. Six, yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Israel Adesanya is 9-0 and in the UFC in less than three years. Kelvin Gastelum, I'm not going in order. Derek Brunson, Paulo Costa, Yoel Romero, um, Marvin Vittori, freaking, let's see, Brad Tavares. He's got, um, I'm missing a big one all, Anderson Silva. Like, Did you say Robert Whitaker? Ro- Robert Whitaker, <laughs> and then his debut fight. This man's resume is already Hall of Fame worthy, mm-hmm. and he's not been in the UFC for three years. Yep. That's a mind-boggling thing to wrap your head around. But what about the title run? That's, the title that's inevitably run what we're what we're ranking here. Goes into the highest attended UFC event ever mm-hmm. in the history of the company. Twenty-seven years, the company's yep. been around now, or about to be in a couple months, and knocks out. Robert Whitaker, who was on a tear and looked like an absolute animal. A reaper. Mr. Bobby Knuckles. We love some Bobby Knuckles. We, we love Bobby Knuckles. Round two TKO. Really a KO. Knocked him out twice. <laughs> Sent him backwards, about ten feet across the cage with one punch. For him to go in there and do that against a guy like Whitaker, who is on the pound-for-pound pound list, top 15 still to this day, that's insane. Then, well, Yoel Romero. Tough to talk about the fight, but if you're talking about the win on the resume, not many people can say they've beaten the Soldier of God. The man built like a brick shithouse. One of my favorite. Looks like a statue that you'd see walking down the street. One of my favorite fighters of all time. Yoel Romero, at the end of the day, is one of the scariest, baddest dudes in the UFC. Absolutely terrifying. In this fight... Not so much. But Israel still did what he had to do. He's a counter-striker at the end of the day. So if Yoel's not going to forward pressure and just stand in the middle of the octagon, there's only so much Adesanya can do. Adesanya wasn't going to fight stupid and charge into Romero. Mm -hmm. He's too intelligent. He's too smart. His fight IQ is levels above the rest. So that fight, he just did what he had to do, right? What are you going to do? Then, Saturday night, master class performance, A++ grade, against the second scariest guy, (laughs) arguably the scariest because he beat Yoel Romero and Paulo Costa. Another one of my favorite fighters. (laughs) He made Paulo look like he didn't belong in the ring. Adesanya stays killing my faves. He... Essentially embarrassed Costa for the most part. Yeah, he really did. And I mentioned it on the Monday recap. This thing I'm uh, I'm going to end up trademarking this, the Izzy effect. That's two guys in a row, really three, that are known for their amazing striking and how dangerous they are. And he's made them look frozen. Robert wasn't frozen, but you get that 
point. Well, that I th- I feel like the way he beat Whitaker is kind of why you see guys like Romero and Costa be so yeah. tentative to the, the punch. The way he beat Whitaker is arguably how these other two or his two title defenses would have went had they because Whitaker pressure. was like, "I'm going to bring the fight to you." Yeah, and as he said, "No, you're bring not. it, bitch." Yeah, go go over there. Go night night. <laughs> um. So then, yeah, this Costa win really, really was special. Um, and I know he's ranked fourth, but he has all the potential in the world to take the number one spot, potentially even after just one more title defense, mm-hmm. because he's that good. He's that special of an athlete. He's that special of a fighter. We're really witnessing something here, uh, especially for this middleweight division that we have not seen since prime Anderson Silva. And again, I can't get back to that fight enough where that was the passing of the torch to me when he fought Anderson and had that great fight and all the, you know, the striking and the taunting back and forth. And ever since then, that was what really sent him into superstardom. And he's the second biggest star in the UFC right now outside of Jorge Masvidal. This man is special. Mm-hmm. That That's number four. That was your number four. My number four is also Israel Adesanya. I like it. Now, when I say this, this is going to come off as a negative, but it's <laughs> I promise it's a way for me to paint the picture the best I can. Because I'll go ahead and say my number three is Valentina. So, my number four is Izzy. And this is what I was talking about, where before Saturday, he probably would have been around six. Yeah. So he jumps up a couple spots here. Imagine the most amazing bread in the world. Okay. The most amazing bread. Okay. You get two slices of the the finest bread you can get on the market. Okay. I'm talking $100 loaf of bread, Dom. Do those exist? They do now. In my in my in my story they do. Okay. $100 bread. Right. You get two slices. Two slices. And then imagine that someone just takes a fat shit on that bread. And you have a shit sandwich. You have a shit sandwich, but it's some amazing bread, though. Where are you going with this? That is Adesanya's title <laughs> reign so far. Oh, okay. I okay. He wins the belt. <laughs> okay. I see where you're at now. I he was wins. really confused. He wins the belt oh. over Robert Whitaker. Yes. Again, the... the that's most, one slice of bread. Yes, the okay. most highly attended fight in UFC history, yes. or card, I should say. He puts on a masterful performance. Robert tries to pressure him, tries to bring the fight to him. Izzy just has an answer for everything that Whitaker throws. Puts him down in the first, nearly finishes it. Comes out in the second, does finish the fight. Incredible performance. Uh, so good, in fact, that Robert, who I know hadn't defended the I think he only had technically defended the belt once. It was Yoel number two. Right? Didn't Yoel miss weight for that fight? Well, it would still be a defense, though, for Robert. I don't think it is, because even if Yoel won, he didn't get the belt. He missed weight for that one? Yeah. The first fight is where he won the belt, so I don't think Robert ever defended the belt, technically. His first title defense was against Dizzy. Because huh. he was supposed to defend against Kelvin at 234. Yeah, right. And then that's he where had he had that, um, the real serious shit yeah. with his intestines. Hernia or hernia. I forget. Hernia. Yeah, whatever it was. Hernia. 
Um, but it was so, even though he hadn't defended the Robert belt, was like, the guy. Robert had been champion long enough to where if the fight was close, you could maybe argue an immediate rematch. Yeah. I mean, he had held the belt for over a year. Yeah, just injuries and all the craziness. Yeah, and then Yoel missing weight. But he had yeah. went 10 rounds with Yoel Romero, as you said, the scariest individual. I think he was undefeated at middleweight at the time. Probably Coming right. into this fight, because he used to be a welterweight fighter, mm-hmm. moved up, and was un- basically unbeatable yeah. at middleweight. Then, Robert Whitaker was the real deal. Still but is. he he was so it was such a convincing win yeah. that Robert is now about to fight his second fight since that yeah that loss and he may get a title fight if he wins but we don't know that for sure because of how convincing right. of a win is he had so that's now I'm your gonna, so I'm gonna skip ahead yeah that was your bottom piece that's of the bread. bottom piece of bread so not the top piece of top bread. piece of bread Saturday, Saturday that was the most impressive title fight performance in years. Truly, just if you're talking about, I mean, maybe I had Cody and I, Dominic. I, I had Paulo Costa winning the fight. Yeah, by second round. Yeah, TKF. I really thought Paulo was going to bring that pressure. Was going to really get inside, uh, a la Kelvin Castellum. Yeah, and but him being a bigger, more powerful guy, I thought would ultimately be able to get him a knockout. Didn't happen that way at all. Uh, Paulo just. Didn't couldn't couldn't get a read on Izzy. Couldn't get inside. You could tell he got frustrated. You could tell by the second round he looked defeated. Izzy completely neutralized him in he, every he sense of the word. He kicked him apart piece by piece, piece by piece, and finished them in the second round. Yeah, just like Whitaker, yes. same punch pretty much. Yeah. That's the top piece of bread because those are two incredible performances that yeah. you will. We will be talking about for as long as Izzy is champion. Yeah. Those, those are going to be on his highlight tapes, for, forever. Now it's time for the shit, <laughs> in the middle. I tried to make it as good as I could, but <laughs> he had one of the worst title fights in UFC history, with Yoel Romero. And I'm not going to point fingers. I'm not going to blame Izzy. I'm not going to blame Yoel. The fight should have been better than it was. Yeah, it was awful. It was a snooze. Nobody threw anything. It wasn't a fight. It was a spa, in the words of Darren Till. It was a spa. That is why I'm putting him at number four instead of number three. Fair enough. Because that fight is pains me so much. Because I love both these guys. It was so fucking boring. On a card that was co-mained by one of the best fights in UFC history. In Whaley... And Joanna, and this is the shit that tops it off. You give me one of the worst fights in UFC history to follow one of the best fights in UFC history. Look, I'm I'm mad at this fight. I still am. Israel's gonna bounce back from this. I'm sh- I, you know, originally in our video I predicted Paulo would be champion this time next year. Izzy won convincingly. He's probably gonna be champ this time next year. I'm sure he'll bounce back from it. Eventually, it's just going to be kind of like how Silva had his fights with... Uh, um, he had the one with Damian Maya that was very lackluster. Right. And then the one with... Uh, T- oh, what was that guy's name? T- oh, he had another fight. Oh, I forget the guy's name now. But, um, well, even his one against Nate, uh, Nick Diaz. I uh, wasn't a title fight. fight. Well, and just in general, like a fight. I'm just talking about title reigns here. 
because uh, Izzy, if you went outside of the title reigns, Izzy has more impressive wins below that when you got Derek Brunson and um, even even the win against Anderson. Yeah, and then the Kelvin Gaslam fight being another just all-time classic. But that Romero fight's going to leave a bad enough taste in my mouth to hold him to number four on the champions list. So, no slouch. But uh, those those the the great bread uh, definitely is carrying him miles here because those are two of the most impressive title uh, title performances I've seen. But number three, I mentioned being Valentina. Yeah. If not for Amanda Nunes, if Amanda Nunes didn't exist or wasn't who she was, I think Valentina would be looked at as a potential goat of women's well, MMA. Well, she could be a double champ right now. She could be. But at, at, at worst, we're still saying she might be the goat of women's MMA. I'm yeah. serious. She's that good. And now, the only thing that was making me debate putting her above these previous two was her level of competition. Because out of her three title defenses, none of them... I mean, maybe Caitlin Chukagian. I mean, they all deserved it at the time. Maybe Carmouche... I don't know what Carmouche was ranked when they fought, but she, I think she was top five. Yeah. Um, Jessica I was ranked number two or one. At the time, I think she was. Chukagian was ranked number one, I believe. Yeah. I mean, they deserved it at the time, but... You you definitely have to wonder you you put it up against Israel's level of competition and there's no competition. But start off with that win over Joanna, which is so overlooked. It really is. Just because Joanna had those two tough losses to Rose and this was a actually coming actually Joanna had won a fight after that second Rose loss to Tisha Torres. Yeah. Uh, a very convincing win. And then she comes into this fight. So her stock was a little lower than it is now because, you know, she had that amazing fight with Wei Lee. But it seems like this fight's just going to kind of get forgotten about. But it was a great fight, and Valentina controlled almost the entire entirety of it. I yeah. mean, she really did yeah. win that fight handedly. And she used a lot of wrestling in that fight yeah. against Joanna, too. Yes. She, she looked... So, Joanna, like, she's one of the best. Some of the best grapplers the, the women's MMA has seen has not been able to take down Joanna. Carla yeah. Esparza. Yeah. Look at all the trouble she had in that title fight. And Valentina being known as a striker, yeah. did it with ease multiple times. Yeah. And won the striking engagements on the feet. Yeah. That's how good Valentina Shevchenko is. And I'm always impressed because I'm going after Joanna now. When In women's MMA, you don't see a ton of finishes but most importantly knockout finishes like a one hit or one yeah, kick like you don't see much of it yeah it's just a reality but for her that jessica i knockout you already mentioned it that shit had my jaw on the floor yeah um the caitlin chukagian tko just a that was that fight went three rounds but man did she put a beating on chukagian for that entirety of the fight and the finishing sequence, just chef's kiss. Yeah. And then you have the Liz Carmouche fight in the middle, which is also going to be overlooked and maybe a little more deservedly so. Still a tough Still woman. a tough woman who, again, she lost the inaugural women's title fight in the UFC to yep. Ronda Rousey way back when. And um, Shevchenko dominated her, the top five woman in that division. Yeah. 
she I don't see her slowing down unless uh, my girl Wei Li uh, decides to put a, take a crack at it. But if Valentina can beat Jennifer and Wei Li beats Rose, we're on a collision course. Yeah, so it's just a matter of time. Let's say that fight. Let's say Wei Li has no interest. Um, I don't see anybody beating Valentina anytime soon. Sorry, Jennifer Maya. I've, watch, I could eat my words on this. Jennifer Maya, great Brazilian jiu-jitsu, uh, has showed some great things like she did against uh, JoJo. <laughs> that was impressive. Yeah, it was. But I still don't see her taking down the bullet here. I don't see anybody beating her besides maybe I'm, Wei Li. I'm anxious to see what the betting odds will be because Valentina, like... Valentina's just yet to look in her title run. I don't... In her title run, she hasn't lost a round. In two of her three losses in general in her professional career are to the greatest women's fighter of all time. And actually, she lost to Liz Carmouche as her first ever loss. And that was her first ever loss. So, that redeems that one. That's wild. So, again... Was that in the UFC? No. It was at a promotion called C3 Fights. Wow. Back in... 2010. Wow. So, all in all there, this woman's incredible. Yes. And on her title run, she has not lost a round. Yes. Two decisions, two knockouts. I don't see anybody stopping her, besides maybe Whaley. But we'll get into that later. Right. Point being, um, she is the queen of that division, and she is cleaning it quick. Yeah. It's it's um, not that deep of a division. Right. Which it's newer, right? It's only been mm-hmm. around a few years. But she's defending against every number one contender, and she's sending them back down. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, as a champ, that's what you're supposed to do. And yep. she's the perfect champion. So I'm curious here who your number three is going to be. My number three is the Eagle. Okay. Habib Nurmagomedov. It's really hard to not have him one, two, but I think three is a good spot right now. <laughs> it's looking a little better since I put him at number five, isn't it? Yeah, and you went in great detail. That's the kind of thing when we do these lists, we kind of, Feed some off of us do details, yeah. and then the other doesn't have much to talk about. But what more can you say about Habib Nurmagomedov? He's 28 now. He's lost one round out of 12 fights in the UFC. He's got six of his 12 total UFC wins via finish. He won the belt against Ally Quinta. Again, a fight that was kind of weird. Um, it's supposed to be against Tony, and then that fight's been scheduled 86 times, and we've never gotten that fight. Then he goes on to fight Connor in the biggest fight in UFC history in terms of pay-per-views and hype and everything. Dominated Connor uh, outside of the third round. The third round was still close. It's not like Connor dominated to win that third round, but Connor just did enough to get by and win the round in terms of the striking. Uh, that's just because Habib didn't really get the fight to the ground. Then we go into the title defense against uh, Dustin in Abu Dhabi in September of last year. I, I unfortunately didn't get to watch that live, which sucked, but um, it was just another great performance by Habib. A guy that is out of all uh, 11 champions, he's the most dominant champion in the UFC. I mean, again, when you're talking about a guy that's lost one single round, he's lost five minutes, five minutes, out of 12 UFC fights. That's... See, I don't even know if I... And again, I don't even know if I thought he's lost that many. It's mind-blowing stuff. And so, 
Yeah, he had the huge, huge fight coming up in less than a month away. Oh, the breakdown for that. Uh, we might be here for hours because yeah. him and Gaethje is so intriguing, so important. Habib wants to finish at that immaculate, pristine 30 wins and zero losses, something we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And if he is able to do that, wow. Just wow. So, um, yeah, that's Habib. You went deep into him, so I can only say so Yeah, much. I mean, I feel bad because I'm a huge Habib guy. Like, I love watching Habib fight. And I'm a big fan of his. Right. So I feel bad where it feels kind of like I'm definitely, like, underrating his uh, title reign compared to probably what the majority. Again, I just think it's Habib is now so big that I think it's easy to get lost in that because he became so big based off a lot of this stuff with Connor and whatnot. But He's the, a the actual The actual title reign itself is just it's top five but it's to me it's just not better than the ones i've mentioned so far and the ones that we're going to talk about because our one and two are the same two people maybe the same spots my number two from the land yes we have the same okay. top two so we can really just okay. get into a big conversation so our, our number two is stipe miocic and our number one I'm the champ of the world God, I love that clip of him. <laughs> Number one, the Lioness, the first mom champ. Yeah, she is now. Amanda. Shout out Amanda Nunes, man. Amanda Nunes. Just had baby Reagan a couple days ago as when we're recording this. Yeah. But we got to get into number two first. We'll get into Amanda. Yeah, so Stipe, we've t- we have talked about him Cleveland stand-up. <laughs> Ohio. O-H. I-O. Stipe... Okay, let's, let's... The greatest heavyweight of all time. Of all time. And we went into exhausting detail about Stipe at 252, and we're going to do it again. Because, again, I'm going to do a little history lesson for y'all. Do a little history lesson, because I'm going to go to the bathroom while okay. you do it. The UFC first introduced champions back in, I want to say, 1997. They started with the heavyweight division. It is the longest division in UFC history. It goes all the way back to 97. They started with Mark Coleman. From that point until Stipe became champion in 2016, a heavyweight champion had not defended the belt more than two times. Let that sink in, people. Two times. That's really not that many because you got to think about it. You win the belt. And then you've defended it twice after. And then every champion that has came from 1997 to 2016, that's nearly 20 years, would lose in that in that time frame. Some people fight more than that in a year. Stipe was the first one. Because you're, you're talking about these huge individuals. It's the biggest division, obviously, in the UFC. Um, it, it's incredible that... It took us that long, nearly 20 years, to get someone, over 20 years if you count his reign, to get someone to defend the belt more than twice. Stipe was the first to do it. UFC 198 in Brazil. He's going up against the reigning, but it was his first title defense, Fabricio Verdum. From Brazil. Who had just beaten, who 
probably most would have said before this was time the frame, greatest, the greatest heavyweight. heavyweight of all time, yep. Cain Velasquez. Yep. He's in Fabricio from Brazil, home country. The Brazilians are going nuts. Yes. Because they love Fabricio. Stipe knocks him out in the first round, backing up. Backing up. Fabricio gets a little wild, starts chasing him. Stipe's backpedaling and just hits him with a bop. Yeah. Knocks him out cold. He wins the belt. He goes nuts. I'm the king of the world. I'm the world champ. Yep. You did it perfect. Jumped over the cage, yep. did a backflip. Yep. Whole, whole crowd, or not a whole crowd, his whole team's hugging and The crowd screaming. is silent. Yes. You so hear the UFC, a pin drop. So the UFC goes, hmm. Well... Stipe didn't really get a whole lot of like love for winning the belt there. So let's send him home. So let's send him home. His first title defense in Cleveland, Ohio. An event near and dear to our heart. Some may say an event a little extra special. Oh yeah, the most special. UFC 203, we've talked about it and again in exhausting detail. Yes. Go listen if you have not. <laughs> yep. Broke down the entire day, the fight, the yeah. freaking atmosphere. Fantastic. Go listen to it after this. Stipe defends the title against Alistair Overeem, who was a legend of yep. the division. Yep. A killer. Yep. Knocks him out in the first round after being hurt. Yes. yes. Was hurt early on. Almost got put in a guillotine. Yeah, I felt the tap. I felt the tap. No tap. <laughs> no tap. Stipe knocked him out. Yes. Like a video game. Yes, it really was video game. It was literally out of nowhere. Alistair was just done. Yeah. So, after that. UFC 211 in Dallas, Texas. Yep. Stipe defends again, this time against another legend of the division, a former, former champion. Former champion, Junior Dos Santos. Avenges a loss. One of his losses. I'm yeah. big on that. Yeah. You know I'm big on the whole avenging of losses. Yeah, I, for, I kind of forgot about that. Yep. But um, he starches him in the first round. Again, that's three straight first-round knockouts for the champ. Uh, so that's two defenses, right? Yep. So now it's time for him to get serious because he's going for a record. Yeah, in the in the heavyweight division, the record was two title yeah, defenses. I, I said this oh, when okay. in the bathroom. Th- that's how hard <laughs> I, it I is. I literally said, you want to hear what I... It took 20 years for the UFC to get a UFC heavyweight champion that w- went more than two yeah, title defenses. Yeah, that's just crazy. crazy. Mark Coleman was 1997. Stipe won the belt in 2016. And that's... That's just, it's the most dangerous division, yeah. right? Obviously. Yeah. It takes one punch. Yeah. It takes one punch in any division, but the heavyweights are just. <laughs> Even more so. You could say they're, uh, how the kids say, built different. They're a little extra powerful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To say the so, least. So he's going for the record, right? Who's in his way? Oh, the MMA version of Mike Tyson. The scariest man at that point in the UFC is... is, is Probably still. Well, yeah, probably. He's earned it back. Him and Figueiredo. (laughs) Francis Ngannou. Uh, And Stipe writes the book on how to beat this guy. A guy who had been knocking everybody out. He even submitted people. He was beating everybody. Pure. He was... Nothing short of dominant in his short time in the UFC. Getting and Stipe said, you thought that was dominant. Wait yeah. till you see this. Yeah. Francis throws some haymakers round one, really trying to get Stipe out of there early. Stipe's dodge, duck, yeah. dip, dive, dodge. Stipe weathers the storm mm-hmm. in round one, and from there... Complete domination. Completely wrote the book on how to beat him. Yes. Then after that, you do have to talk about this. So he beats the record. That's three for him. Now he's got a chance to, in his biggest payday, his biggest fight of all time, he's going up against the light heavyweight champion at the time, Daniel Cormier, 
the super fight, as it's called. Yep. They're coaching the ultimate fighter yep. for this one. Uh, Daniel Cormier knocks him out in the first round. With just a measly 24 seconds left in the yeah. round. Ooh, With just, that... a, just the faintest of little punches. And... After a round that Stipe was winning, in my opinion. Yeah. So, in, very tough. Clinch. So, a tough loss for him. I was le- I've never been left more speechless. Yeah, I was I've never been more disappointed in my life. My like that expression where all oh, my jaw dropped, my jaw dropped. Yeah. Literally dropped. And then you have Brock Lesnar in the cage and they're setting up him versus Cormier. Yeah, and the poor guy couldn't even get out of the octagon. Yeah. He had to stand in there and And you're talking about the guy who had reigned the longest. Yeah. Well, Stipe bets on himself. He says, "No, I earned an immediate yeah. rematch." Yeah. I'm going to wait. And everybody's like, no, you shouldn't do that. He needs to stay active. Like, they ain't going to give it to him. Well, guess what? Brock Lesnar decides he wants to go back to WWE. UFC comes calling. Yep. UFC 241, headline, the rematch, Stipe versus DC. Everybody's picking DC. Yep. Even in, I picked Stipe just because I know I'd wanted to, but in yeah. the back of my head I'm going, DC probably going to beat him. Yeah. And DC is winning that fight yep. for three rounds. Yep. And again, we've said it multiple times, Stipe comes with the most beautiful mid-fight adjustment you will ever see. The best. Starts piecing up that body, oh, and it was over. Just beautiful. TKO's him. Something you see in a movie. TKO's him in the fourth round. We're hugging. We jump into each other's arms. It's a beautiful moment yeah. at that B-dubs in Bowling Green. Yeah, it's like a damn Rocky movie. Yep. People back home in Philly watching Rocky bounce back and beat Drago. That's what this was <laughs> to us. Except real life. It was the Daniel Cormier it was Drago. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, no, I get your you point. You get what I'm saying. <laughs> so, he has the belt back. Now that means, Noah, it's one to one. Someone, they have to settle the score. But, Stipe's eyes a little fucked up. <laughs> a little bit. So, there's some time in between. Another year. Nearly yeah. to the day. So you get the re- you get the third fight. Who is the heavyweight goat? UFC 252. We we may have a breakdown of that and a recap of that. They might have to go check it out. You might have to go check it out on the channel or YouTube Use, or, or Spotify. Oh yeah, Apple, Google. <laughs> Sorry, Anchor. I need to quit t- using YouTube yeah. terminology. But if you're watching on YouTube, you can go to our playlist and check out yes. all sorts of little little things on there that yes. Dom created. Yes. But you get the third fight, the trilogy. The biggest trilogy in UFC history. The biggest fight in UFC history. Yeah. Stipe wins, convincingly. Yeah, dominant 4-1. to one. Almost 5-0. You could 5-0. say 3-2, but I think it was 4-1. I one. thought it was almost 5-0. I think it would have been 5-0 had he not got dropped in the first round. Yep. So. So, that's where we are today. So, overall. Four total title defenses. Yep. In two different reigns. He's a two-time champ. And I know he's got that loss in between, but it doesn't matter, man. That guy was knocking. He he really, you know, the second DC fight, he he was vulnerable or not vulnerable, but he was he was getting pieced up early on. <clears throat> Outside of that second DC fight, Stipe has looked dominant in all of these. Yeah, you're talking three straight first round knockouts for to win the belt and the two title defenses. Then he dominates Ngannou for five rounds, lost loses the belt to DC, gets it back and a. Big comeback win, a fight I'll never forget watching for the first time. And then ultimately pretty much dominates the third one, in my opinion. I, th- I know a lot of people are calling it very close, and I think a lot of that's just more out of respect for DC. I think he pretty much he handled DC. He looked great. And I know DC, he dominated. DC's eye was fucked up. I'll put it out there. But I don't care. 
Uh, well, not that I don't care. I, DC, I'm glad that you're doing all right. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying that like ultimately, Stipe was winning that fight. Stipe dominated in areas DC should have on paper. Yeah, that's what was the so clinch, convincing about it. Just no takedowns at no. all in that fight. Zero takedowns. DC said, "Bring your wrestling DC. shoes." Yeah, not one. Stipe said, "Bet." Okay. I'll bring him. So yeah, that's I mean that's that's pretty much where I'll leave it there on him. Is there anything you wanted to No, I'm glad we have the same one and two. Yeah, so, so I'll let you collectively... I'll let you talk about Amanda because I'm also gonna go use the bathroom. Okay. These long episodes just you know, they take a toll on us after <laughs> I'll be a while. Right, I'll be right back. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, number one uh, on our list of the best champions in the UFC right now, Amanda the Lioness Nunez. The greatest women's mixed martial artist in history. The GOAT. Arguably getting up there in the GOAT pound for pound. Um, it's hard to deny her at this point. She's she's nearing that level of superstardom and just dominance. Amanda Nunez has defied all odds, uh, to say the least. She is on an 11-fight win streak. That dates all the way back, I believe, six years at this point. Her last loss was to Kat Zingano in, I believe, 2014 and has not lost since. Hasn't even really been close to losing outside of her fight, her second fight with Valentina Shevchenko. Amanda Nunes is the double champ at women's featherweight, 145 pounds, and women's bantamweight, 135 pounds. She has four title defenses at 135 pounds and two title defenses at 145 pounds. She is nothing short of amazing. Um, She is now the first mom champ in the UFC. Her and her fiancé, or they may even be married at this point, Nina Ansarov, who is a fellow UFC fighter at the strawweight division, just had their baby girl named Reagan a few days ago, so now Not only is she the double champ, she's the first ever mom in the UFC to hold a belt at the same time. Now, to get her title, we have to go all the way back to UFC 200, the gold canvas, the big-ass monster logo right in the middle of it. (laughs) The gold canvas. The gold canvas taking on Misha Tate. Cupcake. And we're not saying that in a mean way. That was literally her nickname. That was her nickname. Yes. Yeah. Um, pure dominance, no, like to say the least. Cupcake. Yes. Um, she destroyed Misha Tate. Broke her face. Got the rear naked choke finish in first round? It was first round. Yeah, it was brutal, round. man. Then goes on to make her first title defense. Was the first title defense against Valentina? Nope, 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 nope. You got to go to UFC 207, Dom. Oh, the main event. Jesus. It was Ronda freaking Rousey. She's back. <laughs> For 40 seconds. For 40 seconds. <laughs> I cannot believe I just forgot that was her first defense. Yeah. The return of Ronda Rousey. Oh, everybody thought Ronda was back. Ronda's a bad to bitch. To the point that Amanda basically got no promotion. None. Going into that fight. You you can look up, I'm sure, the, the, the trailer, hype trailer, the hype yeah. trailer for that. The promo. It was all Ronda. All Ronda. She's back. She's walking through the mansion. She's watching everybody on TV. 
She's going, mmm, she's making a lot of pouty faces. She's back. She's going to be champ. Bullshit. Amanda made Rhonda look like she has never fought a fight. Ever. It looked like they just picked up someone off the street and said, here's a couple bucks. Fight Amanda Nunes. <laughs> yeah. And this is no slight to Rhonda. That's how <laughs> dominant this was. That was a slight slight to <laughs> Rhonda. But overall, yes, it was... I'm, I'm joking, of course. It's definitely because Amanda's just that good. That was the moment she became a star. Not the title win over Misha Tate. It was that moment where she wrecked everyone's favorite... Everyone's favorite women's mixed martial artist. People were surprised when she beat Misha Tate. Yes. They were flabbergasted Yes, when she beat Rousey the way she did. We were. <laughs> It I was... don't remember what I thought at the time as far as who would win. I'm sure I probably thought Rousey was going to win like a fucking casual I was. But. <laughs> that was December of 16. Regardless right? of who you thought was winning that fight, for it to be like the way it went. It was the furthest thing from competitive. She ended Rousey's career. Yes. She sent her to the WWE. <laughs> she sent her from the realest shit. To the scripted shit. That's how bad this was. Rousey was like, I don't like getting punched in the face yeah. for real. Then, yes. Valentina Shevchenko. UFC 215, the headline. A rematch. Mm-hmm. They had fought previously. And Actually, another... I'm pretty sure... I could be wrong. Sorry, I'm not trying to You're good. I, it's not like I, I believe don't the you. first win over Valentina is what got Amanda that title shot against Misha. I think it was her the last The timing is very much in that range, like the 190s yeah. of UFC type thing. And that first fight between Amanda and Valentina, three rounds, um, Amanda got tired in the third round. So so much so that people almost argued Valentina maybe squeaked out the win in that one. I don't agree with that. It was a clear-cut 2-1, in my opinion, for yeah, Amanda. Agreed. Now... Amanda's second title defense against Valentina. And I just said this while you were in the restroom. This has been Amanda's closest fight in six years. So what's funny is you said that that win over Rousey made her a star. I agree. But I also think she almost blew that entire star. Because of this fight. Not just because of this fight. She was scheduled to fight at UFC, oh, was it 209? Uh, this fight with Valentina, I believe, was supposed to happen. It was supposed to happen before it did. Mm-hmm. Valentina, or not Valentina, Amanda ends up going to the hospital due to for the weight cut. Weight cut. Yeah. Dana kind of talks some shit. He about said it. women will never headline. No, not a... women. He said Amanda Nunes will never headline a card again. Wow. And look at her now. And then just a few months later, she headlined a card again. That was because some other fights fell out. But again. Well, she's um, like Dana's favorite. Yeah, but at that time, her stock was yeah, not... Her I totally stock, forgot about that. And then that. coming off this one where it wasn't a very exciting fight, there was a lot of debate on if she actually won. Her stock could not have been any lower. Yeah. Especially when what she was... She got launched into superstar. Yeah. And then essentially... She didn't lose the belt, but all to, of a sudden she was like back down to earth, and it's like, damn. It's weird. So then after that, she's headlining against Raquel Pennington. In her third title defense, this is all still at bantamweight, 135. Oof. Oof. Raquel, a tough-ass chick. Right. She's rocky for a reason. 
she wanted to quit. On the stool said, I'm done. She literally said, I'm done. That was like the first instance that now seems so much more common than it did when I first started watching. Right. That was the first time I had ever heard someone say that. And, and her the coach pushes her back. Yeah, and I, now that's such a heated thing yep. or a bit, very hotly debated topic between the community and the fighters, yep. really. But at that time, that was the first time I'd ever seen that, and I was just like, whoa. Yeah. Like, she's, like, done. And ultimately gets finished. When Was that in the fifth round? Yeah. TKO, I mean, I mean it I'm was bad. Yeah. It was bad. It was five rounds of domination. Yeah, it really was. Shout, I mean, that shows how tough Raquel is because Amanda controlled and pieced yeah. her up. Her face was busted. Her nose was destroyed. So for her to even make it to the fifth, shout out it to It was her. a big win for Amanda, but still, mo- the majority of the people still, they were like, okay, Raquel, they didn't really think Raquel had much of a chance. Yeah. They were like, okay, that was very impressive, but her next matchup here. So I said... Following her win with Ronda, she was a star. Then she got put back down to earth with the Valentina. Then she beats Rocky, so her stock rises a little. This, this is in my when this if, is more than star. This is superstar. All this time is, great. This is all time great. This is face of women's mixed martial arts. This is one of the greatest pound for pound fighters and the greatest women's fighter. This is what this fight was. Yep. And who was it? It was against a dominant, just, women's champion across any fucking promotion. Unbeaten for a decade. Chris Cyborg. At the time, this was the women's go. And she was the champion of the women's featherweight division. A, yes. a division that had literally been created and established for, for her. Cyborg. Amanda goes up after three successful defenses at Bantamweight. Goes up 10 pounds to fight the GOAT at the time at 145 pounds. You want to talk about something I did not expect. And you and me both predicted that, didn't we, Noah? We, was it you and me were the only two in my basement that night that predicted it? Or was it me and JP? That predicted what? Uh, Nunez to win. I predicted Nunez to win. Okay, it was you and but me. But I then. wasn't at, in your basement. Oh, damn. I jumped up with somebody and hugged her. <laughs> Amanda Nunez dismantled Chris Cyborg. Almost as easy as she did Ronda Rousey. Actually, Except she took a few more shots. I'm pretty sure she finished the fight quicker. Might have been a couple fight. seconds quicker. They were both in between the 40 to 50 second, both of them. Which Ronda is- Rousey and Chris Cyborg are probably arguably number two and number three on a women's MMA GOAT list. Yes. Amanda Nunes disposed Starts of them, them together in less than a minute and a half. Yes, both of them. We could end there. Yeah. But we, well, but that's what gives her champ champ status right there. Superstardom. She she is the essentially the face of all women's mixed martial arts. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at women's fighters and you want to become great, okay, this is who you need to look up toward, and this is where you need to chase greatness. It's Amanda Nunes. That was the moment. Agreed. But she didn't stop. She's just been on more of a tear since. Yep. Next fight. Now, is this back at Bantamweight? Or is, no, this is uh, another featherweight fight, right? Yeah, she, my fights, she fights up. Holly Holm. Holly was next. Now, this is Holly. She just bounces all over the place because she just gets title fights at whatever weight class she's in, it seems like. Holly challenges at featherweight. Amanda now is attempting to become the first ever 
champion to simultaneously not only hold two belts, but defend them both at the same time. Which I know is a mouthful of an accomplishment. It's kind of like, like, it almost comes off like one of those accomplishments, like when they say, like, oh, only five players (laughs) under the age of 26 have averaged this many points, this many rebounds, and it's like some random-ass player like Jeff Green with LeBron and shit. No, this is this, this is means huge. more than just winning two belts. Especially in an era now where double champs are becoming more common. Yeah. She's still to this day the only one, right? At the same time? Yeah. Because Henry technically didn't because he gave away the belt first. Yeah. Both belts on her shoulders defended both at the same exact time. She Holly Holmed Holly Holm. <laughs> the queen of the, the – the one of the most iconic images you'll ever see is Holly Holm knocking out Ronda Rousey with the leg kick. Yeah. Holly Holm got knocked out with the leg kick. First round, head kick KO, Amanda Nunes. A n- powerful ass leg That kick. was something I was not expecting. And you don't see Holly – In terms get, of an outcome. You don't see Holly getting finished like that. Never. No. I don't think she – I don't think she had ever been I think finished. that was the first time she'd ever been finished. Knocked out cold, pretty much. Basically. Not cold, but you get my point. She got kicked, dropped to the ground. Amanda said, oh, she's not out yet. Took that right hand. Boom! Why Holly was sitting up on the ground. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. It was like what uh, Holly did to Bechkoea. Yeah. Actually, yeah. So, Uh, (laughs) literally. Holly was seeing stars. Holly got hollied. Yeah. Then, Amanda goes back down to her rightful weight class. She looks good at fucking... Honestly, she looks great. She could both. fight at 170 pounds. I don't even care. GDR, Jermaine Duran. I mean, a controversial fighter. Um, she's I think she, she's but grown she is. and uh, become more respected, at least since her she little debacle back in the day. She is the inaugural women's featherweight champion. Technically, Now, yes. this title fight isn't at featherweight. Right. Yeah, of course, so Jermaine Duran, I mean, is originally a bantamweight fighter as well. Um, incredible Muay Thai background. One of the better, one of the best women strikers in the UFC. Yep. This is where you saw. So how I mentioned earlier with how Valentina gets better every fight, Amanda Nunes gets better every fight. Mm-hmm. Amanda noticed early on that oh, Jermaine's pretty good standing up. She could pose some threats. She never had Amanda in trouble. Amanda was fine on the ground, but she realized okay, my best way to victory is to take you down and dominate you. Mm-hmm. And that's what she did for five straight rounds. That's really all you can say for that fight. It, I mean, could could not stop the takedowns. Yes. Really just showed how diverse Amanda yes. Nunes' skill set is. And that becomes her fourth defense at Bantamweight. And then most recently, in June of this year, she goes back up. To featherweight 145 and makes her second successful title defense there, which puts her at the total of six that I mentioned. Dominated Felicia Spencer. One of the toughest women there are. Dominated her. Pure dominance on the ground, on the feet, everything. Everything. She's the greatest women's fighter all time. It's not close. She's... And she's... By the end of her career, she She's 32. She might be the... Depending on how much longer she goes... She could be number one on my all-time list for male, regardless of male or female. Going for her third featherweight defense this December against a very game, very interesting stylistic matchup, Megan Anderson. Agreed. To put her at seven total title defenses. She's approaching Mighty Mouse numbers 
This One fight across, at a time. Across two divisions. She's getting close to that double-digit title defense. Yeah. Hey, man. I don't know how much longer she's got to uh, keep fighting. She just became a mom. Yeah. Shout out to her for that. And uh, Nina. Nina. Um, but I hope, just because of how much I love her and watching her fight, that we get to see her for years to come. Really keep building on this legacy. But it's cemented either way. Out of these 11 champions, Amanda has, and I think by a decent margin, the most complete and most amazing resume. The only person who I could see that's still active that could compete is John Jones, if he was still light the heavyweight champ, champ yeah. but he's not. Right, which is weird to say. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So uh, that's, that's, I mean, there's really nothing else you could say about Amanda Nunes, man. She's special. Yes, yep. Took the words out of my mouth. And that is our ranking of all the UFC current champions. As of Tuesday, September 29th, when we're recording this, September 30th, for you all listening, 11 champions in the UFC, number one through 11. We just put it all out there. That was... That was a deep dive. That was a deep dive. I did not... I was not uh, expecting us to go that deep, but I'm, of course... Not going to complain about that. Right. But, yeah, leave your thoughts down below or uh, let us know on our Instagram. Or leave a voice message with our sponsor, Anchor. Anchor. So That we can feature in a future episode. Yeah, so let us know your thoughts. Put your rankings. Am I an idiot for putting Habib at number five? <laughs> JP will say so. I know yes. JP will. Um, but, yeah, that's it. Uh, as for the rest of the week. Uh, this Friday, big breakdown. We're going to be previewing. I don't believe it has the hashtag yet. I think. Well, it's... what's funny is I saw hashtag they when they posted the poster. I believe this week they put hashtag UFC Vegas four, and I went, "Oh, did they really mess it I up?" I went, "That, that ain't, ain't it. it." I think it's hashtag UFC Fight Island three. I think oh, that's what it is. Okay. I'll can I'll can let me dig in while you're discussing. Regardless, uh, it's Holly Holm versus Irene Aldana. Holly Holm, we just talked about Irene coming to really play ball here. So we'll be breaking down that entire main card. Jermaine Durandamy is also on that main card, I believe, um, along with some other great fighters and fights. And then Monday, we're gonna be recapping that entire show from Saturday. So be sure to check those out. Dom, tell the people where they can find you on social media. I don't know what damn hashtag it is. We'll figure it out by Friday. <laughs> yeah. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Diesely14. Uh, you can find our podcast on Instagram at BelowAverageJoes underscore podcast. And you can find the podcast anywhere. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> As for me, if you go to my bio on Twitter or Instagram, at NTBaker underscore, you will be taken to our link tree, which will give you every link to every platform we are on, as, as well as our anchor page, our Instagram, a link to become a contributor, um, to leave a voice message, things like that. You can find that on the anchor page. It's really um, the best link out there right now. Yeah, I of love all social media. I love the link. It's tree. it's the link. To, yeah. If you ain't seen the link, you need to go click on it yeah. right now, <laughs> and then click all the links in the link. <laughs> exactly. 
So they're like Spotify, Apple, Google's on there. Um, if you go to Anchor, we're on many more platforms right. than that. Yeah. But it would just be hard to fit them all on yes. one simple yes. link tree. It would be a very large page. But yeah, again, you go to at ntbaker underscore and you can find that there. And with that, we're out. And we're going to see y'all on Friday.